1: Welcome in, everybody, to the CFP Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com. I'm joined, as always, by Bill Bender, our lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. Thank you to everyone for listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are cranking out one show a week all through the off season, and uh, we have not missed a week since we started this podcast in august of last year so uh that begs the question bill are you tired of talking to me yet (laughs) no
2: um i was told yesterday on my sports good appearance by a friend that i there's a phrase about a resting face that has gone around and they say i need to work on my resting face while other people are talking so i said i don't i'm not here for your amusement you know like i'm gonna look however i'm gonna look so apparently i need to look happier on camera i'll try today Hey, if your face needs a rest, it needs a rest, right? I know, man. So, uh, <laughs> no, all good, but, um, you know, excited about another week. I know we've got a lot of preseason content up at SN, Irish Breakdown, that we were going to talk about today. And, you know, we, we've got an interesting topic today. I'm interested to get or uh, excited, I guess, and my face will show it that I, <laughs> uh, I'm ready to get going. All right, yeah. So we
1: are, we are, you know... Heavily into the offseason, we are uh, we sit 10 weeks from week zero, the countdown continues. Uh, the Athlon magazines are out, the Lindy's, the Phil Steele, uh, Sporting News. We used to have magazine for a long, long time in that space. Uh, now our you know, our summer preview is, is basically online, you know, and uh, we've got an index at sportingnews.com. We've got the top 25 quarterbacks, ranking the coaches, Heisman, hopefuls. Top 25, all that stuff you'd expect to read in a summer magazine uh, as we kind of wait for the fall kickoffs. Um, Today, we're talking about the next team in each conference to make the college football playoff for the first time. Uh, Last year, of course, it was TCU who landed the surprise CFP bid for the first time and became the 14th school to reach the college football playoff and Notably, the first from the state of Texas, as uh, all the Longhorns and Aggies fans already knew. Um, you have a piece that's uh, a little bit different uh, coming out on SportingNews.com on Wednesday, the same day this podcast uh, will be published. So it p- could be published um, before you are listening to this podcast. Um, tell me a little bit about that story and how it's a little bit different than what we're going to talk about.
0: We're driven by the search for better.
2: Well, no. So every year we pick five teams that that might make the playoff for the first time, obviously, as you mentioned, it's an exclusive club, but I held myself accountable. So we did this list last year and our choices were USC, Utah, Texas A&M, Baylor, and Ole Miss. So in order to hold myself accountable, instead of throwing that same dart every year and saying, well, this is the year USC is going to do it, or Utah, I picked five new teams, one from each conference. Um, USC and Utah obviously would be my first choices. USC number one with a Heisman Trophy quarterback getting closer to the playoff, but this is a big year for them because it will be more difficult when they go to the big 10. You know, they may not in a 12 team setup, even it might be tough. So, and it's really the last year we can do this exercise in the 14 playoff. So I disqualified Utah. I disqualified Texas A&M who honestly, Bill, As we get into this list, Texas A&M matches the TCU profile in terms of they're five and seven. They made a not a first year coach, but a first year offensive coordinator. And they've got their hot quarterback to go with all the recruiting and the talent that they have. So if there was a honestly a best answer for this exercise of which team would be this year's TCU, it's probably Texas A&M. Wouldn't that be something, right? Didn't, didn't Texas A&M it? striving to be TCU like we all <laughs> thought they would before we dive into our uh
1: discussion let's do a little trochy trivia centered on the college football playoff uh last what was the last college football playoff to have all four teams not making their first appearance in the college football playoff. In other words, all four had already been there before. So we will answer that one at the end of the show. Bill's going to ponder that for a bit. Obviously, TCU broke through last year. So you got to go back. What year did all four teams uh, had been, you know, veteran and making at least their second appearance in the college football playoff? So, all right, so let's go through. Now, again, our exercise is what? It's who will be the next ACC and next team in each power five conference to make their first appearance in the college football playoff. So we'll start in the ACC who will be next to join Florida state and Clemson as an ACC college football playoff team.
2: I think North Carolina is still the best answer. Mm. Um, even though in our article, I put it's a toss up for me between, and I, it's crazy that Miami is not my answer, but I would say North Carolina They've got Drake May. They've they've had more talent come through there. They are picked third across most preseason publications. So that if they were to break through, they've made an ACC championship game. But my long-term answer would probably be Louisville with Braum. I, I think the way he's used the transfer portal, what he did at Purdue, he's home and home fits. And the fact that I'm saying North Carolina and Louisville over Miami kind of speaks to the state of what's going on with that program and the pressure that the hurricanes are feeling to get back on top. And, and, and that's, that's really tough, but I, I think Mario can get them there, but I, I would go North Carolina will be my answer with Louisville a close second. My
1: answer is Louisville. Yeah, I feel like North Carolina is not, they're not going to make the college football playoff this year when it's only a four-team field. And I don't think there'll be a top 12 team once Drake may is gone. And I think he's going to be gone soon. And I think they're going to have a little bit of regression. So who steps up next to Florida state and Clemson? I think it's Louisville. I believe in Jeff Brom, as you do. I think he's going to get a top flight quarterback in there, coach him into an NFL prospect. Um, And he's got a history of success. He won two conference titles in three years at Western Kentucky uh, took over a just, Dumpster fire at Purdue, uh, treaded water for a little bit, came out of the pandemic, ended up winning 17 games in his last two seasons uh, before leaving. Last time Purdue won 17 games in two seasons, 1997-98 when Drew Brees was playing quarterback. So um, Jeff Brom did did some nice work at Purdue this year. He's got Jack Plummer. Uh, rejoining him uh, after a solid year at Cal. Now, again, I'm not projecting Louisville to be a top-four team this year to get into the playoff, but, you know, they have a couple of young, inter- interesting young quarterbacks on the roster, Harrison Bailey, who is a uh, borderline five-star coming out of high school here in Georgia, went to Tennessee, uh, couldn't crack the starting lineup, transferred to UNLV. Now he's going to work with Brom at Louisville. They've got Brady Allen, who signed with Braum uh, at Purdue, who's now come to Louisville with him. Uh, perhaps one of them develops into a QB that, you know, could be an NFL guy, could get him into the, the playoff. Louisville, you know, they spend money. They've had success in the past, like you know. And I just think if he starts to get it going, that place can be a madhouse.
2: Yep. And, well, I think you're shortchanging North Carolina a little bit because they went from Sam Howell to Drake May. I mean, yeah. that's a little bit of a nice if then in a year they're gonna be able to say, hey, we've got two quarterbacks in the league and Mac can sell that for a little bit. Will they be able to continue that without Phil Longo? That's another question. Um right. but I mean, again, we, we just spent five minutes on this and Miami's not the answer, which is kind <laughs> of shocking in some ways. Right, right. That uh they gotta prove it. They
1: got to prove. I mean, all these teams have sure. to prove it. That's obviously part of the discussion. So we can move on to the Big Ten. Who will be next to join Ohio State, Michigan,
2: and Michigan State? Uh, Penn State's the easy answer, and I'll stick with it. Um, if they don't do it this year, they'll get in the 12-team playoff. I think with the talent around Drew Aller, um, two good running backs this year. It is a all-in year of sorts, as I. Mentioned in the article, this will be the ninth, assuming Penn State's in the top ten, which I do believe they will be. It'll be the ninth time since they joined the Big Ten that they'll be in the top ten to start the season. So expectations are very high. the The, the year nineteen ninety nine is getting mentioned a lot, but I'm quick to point out that that team, as good as they were with LeVar and Courtney Brown and and the hype around them, they didn't win. They 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 lost to Michigan. So the pressure is on Penn State. My second. Sub answer. I won't even give it because I want to hear your answer first. And then I'll say who my runner up was. If it isn't your answer.
1: The next big 10 team
2: to make its first college football appearance,
1: college football playoff appearance will be USC. (laughs) Okay. That's that's my answer. That is my answer. The logic behind the answer. USC does not make the playoff this year. And then once it gets to a 12-teamer, they'll be in the Big Ten. Now it's a contest between USC and Penn State. If Penn State doesn't make it either. Which program is on more solid footing? It's kind of a toss-up. But I've given the edge to USC. Lincoln Riley's been there four times. James Franklin has yet to get there. Um, I don't love the extra travel that USC's going to have to do. I don't know how they're going to figure that out. Maybe they adjust Um, but you know, they've got, he's just got a history, right. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, getting great quarterback recruits. He's going to have, you know, Williams could be the number one pick in the draft. Um, you know, I don't think they're in position to make it this year just because their defense needs so much work. They were 106 in the nation last year. Um, so I think it's going to be USC, reserving the right to change my mind of Drew Allo throws five touchdown passes against West Virginia in week one.
2: <laughs> well, I, and here's my other school that needs to be mentioned. And I always pull this stat out to people and the school with the best record power five school with the best record in the playoff era that has not made the playoff is still Wisconsin. The Badgers. Yes, they are behind. I had pulled it up. That's why I was typing. I wasn't ignoring you. Um, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, if you count them, then then Wisconsin. 83-32 and in the playoff era. New hire in Luke Fickle. Great quarterback coach. I talked about Phil Longo earlier. Tandem Mordecai.
1: We talked about him last week. I got Tandem
2: Mordecai in the Heisman Trophy race. (laughs) So my pecking order would actually be Penn State, Wisconsin, USC, if I was picking this. Because I think it's common with Luke Fickle. I, I think they're going to be very good very soon. And um, if Wisconsin plays played USC this year, USC would probably win. If they played next year in a Big Ten setting, and I, I I don't know if they do. I that's lazy on my part not to look on the Big Ten schedule. But when they play the first time in the Big Ten, I'm think it's going to be a toss up.
1: Interesting, interesting because.
2: I mean, you open the, this whole
1: show by saying USC and UC- Utah were the close, two closest right. to the football playoff. Right.
2: But I'm saying this is down the line. This is this year with Caleb. But
1: okay.
2: this year with Caleb, these are two different questions. It's like, who's if I had to pick one school this year to make the playoff, and well, we haven't done the Pac 12 yet. So I'll go back to defending USC. But
0: <laughs>
2: if I was taking a long term bet, It's kind of the same thing with the, that's why this question's hard because I I bet you have a, let's go do the Big 12 and I bet you I have a a weird answer for this one too. Who
1: will be next in the Big 12 to join Oklahoma, TCU and Cincinnati?
2: I should say, I would say if I was bold enough to say Texas because it's a one-year bet that I'm going to say Texas is going to win the Big 12 and go to the playoff, that should be my answer. But the amount of one score losses that they have, prevents me from doing that. So a team that is actually in the big 12 going to be in the big 12, and it's probably going to happen in the 12 team playoff era. I would probably go Kansas state. Okay. That's my answer because I think they're poised. They've gotten better every year. Uh, Chris Clayman's doing a great job. They went to the, you know, they got their new year's day, six bowl reality check from Alabama. That's fine. But they still won the big 12. Mm-hmm. They still have a system. Bill Snyder was steady at Kansas State for years. So absent Oklahoma, Texas, and we go into the new Big 12, depending on who's in that, my answer would probably be Kansas State. Well, we know who's in it. We just... Well, we do. Well, we don't because what's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Colorado. Yeah, like we do, but we don't, like, <laughs> right. So, like, can I say how much bonus points would you give me if I said Colorado? Right, so, so San Diego State, no, right, like, it, but I don't get, we don't get that cute here on the uh, CFBA Nation podcast. Interested to hear your your answer on this one. I thought about Kansas State. I thought
1: about Baylor, but I'm going to surprise you. BYU, okay, That's BYU wins the auto bid for the Big Twelve and gets in the college football playoff. That is my call as the next first team uh mm-hmm. to join you know TCU in Cincinnati Oklahoma for now whatever um but uh yeah I think safe choice is Kansas State I think you're right um but I'm going BYU okay so here's my case for the Cougars uh they um they're back in a conference for the first time since 2010 they have had 17 winning seasons in the last 18 years uh, the last five years that they were in a conference in the Mountain West, they were 33 and six. Uh, so they kind of rose to the top. They lived at the top of that conference. Uh, the Big 12 is a step up, obviously, uh, but they're kind of an underrated, sneaky program, right? They maintained relevance despite having to go independent for a decade, which is not easy. Um, they had a top two draft pick in Zach Wilson. Uh, This year, they have Keaton Slovis at QB. He's got a chance to be drafted if he has a good year uh, under offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. Uh, He worked with Wilson and Jaron Hall, who was a fifth-round pick last year. So they start to get the reputation that they're producing NFL quarterbacks again like they did way back in the day. Uh, You know, this program always has a lot of physicality uh, with those guys on on the offensive and defensive lines. They go on those two-year missions. They're kind of older that a lot of the teams that play, um, you know, Sataki's is a terrific uh, reputation, high integrity guy, good coach, good energy. Uh, their NIL situation, from what I can tell, it's fairly organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play in kind of a little bit of a weird stadium, whatever the altitude, and it's going to be, you know, a challenge for some big 12 teams to get in there. I think they can make a splash. I'm rolling the dice a little bit, but I think BYU is
2: my pick. They will, they've been in the playoff discussion twice. With uh, Zach Wilson and then back to Taysom Hill. And, you know, they kind of got their wish. I remember years ago talking to Bronco Mendenhall about that when he was the coach that, you know, about the process of getting into the Power Five. And they've earned that. I think they're going to be super excited about it. They have the biggest stadium in the Big 12 when they come in. So they're going to be kind of a heavyweight within the weight class. So that's a good pick, Bill. That's a... A little curveball
1: for you. you you've thrown
2: ball. a couple curveballs, but curve that's ball. a that one I, I I like. I like that one. So, a uh, very good pitch. Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: Let's move on to uh, the Pac 12. Who will be next to join Washington? <laughs> yeah. Washington's the only There's team. not a know. long well, list of schools we got to get through that have already made it. You, so. so, you can't
2: say Washington and Oregon. They're DQ'd because they've both made it as far back as that seems. Oh, and um, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. They, yeah, they're, yeah that's right. That's right. They're, I did. They're, miss they're, that. My mistake. My mistake. They're DQ'd. Um, I'm going to just say USC and, and I'm going to go with. They, so you're rolling the dice for this year. Pretty much. If I had okay. to rule, if you've given me the choice between say USC wins the PAC 12 goes, the playoff, finishes what they didn't finish last year. And throwing a dart at A, what the Pac-12 is going to look like, and B, somebody other than Washington and Oregon, I'll probably just take USC now and say, I've got a Heisman winner. I've got a coach that's been to the playoff four times with Oklahoma. It's always a funny bet right now because if you have have to bet, and I'm going to do our bull projections soon. I think I'm I'm starting to sketch them out tomorrow, but – always one of my questions when you start to pick playoff teams is you go sec champ big 10 champ you put them in then you say am i putting two sec teams in am i putting two big 10 teams in or am i putting an acc champ you know some combination of the rest of the power five i'll probably put usc in there and just roll with that over two sec teams like would you put if I went George if I submit this to you next week and the one playoff is Georgia, this is for this year. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan or Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, USC, which one are you going to have less questions about? Probably USC. Yeah, because it's a it's, you know, if they go 12 and 1 they're in. So, right. why not go with that quarterback and and do it that way? So, I'm going to go you that's a so I circled back to the, our first point in this conversation. That's why I think they're the closest to the playoff, and I'll rule with that for one year.
1: Okay. No, oh, that's good.
2: I, I, and there have been an answer on here twice now for two that's different That's right. I, I, they so. were
1: my Big Ten choice because I don't think they'll quite make it this year, but I think they will get in the 12-teamer, uh, possibly with Penn State at the same time. So right. they, they we right. could have a tie there, of course. Uh, when we expand, so uh, Pac-12. My answer, because I don't think USC is going to make it this year. I'm looking down the line to the auto bid. You got to take Washington out of the picture. You got to take Oregon out of the picture. Who's left? Utah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've 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 won the league two years in a row. They've been living near the top of the conference. Um, the other schools have the potential to get up there, but I I just I can't picture Oregon State getting there. I can't picture Arizona State getting there before Utah. Utah's got too much of a lead on those two programs. Kyle Whittingham's done, you know, a terrific job and everything. And I just um I think the league will belong to Washington and Oregon for a little while. But eventually if I had to pick a team that's gonna get that auto bid that's outside of of those two schools, I, I gotta go Utah.
2: and and yet another school that fits the TCU proof profile that if they went to the playoff this year everybody would do, be doing a lot of google searches is Oregon State and they won 10 games last year and can you imagine a scenario where DJ Juan Galele takes Oregon State to the playoff and Clemson doesn't get in right and they have talented quarterback They have their returning quarterback. They have a four-star freshman at quarterback. They've built depth on both sides of the ball. Um, They closed the season with a two-week stretch against Washington and Oregon. And Jonathan Smith's done a great job. I mean, he was a guy when we did our coaching rankings that I took a little flack, probably deserved it, probably had him a little low. Um, I mean, his his record record. isn't great, but you can clearly tell that they are on the rise they've done it patiently though. And right. this may be their best team since 2000. So under Dennis Erickson, so they're, a, they deserve to be mentioned in the conversation, but you're right. When it goes to the new, the new Pac 12 as it stands. Yeah. It's going to run through Oregon, Washington and, and Utah. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: all right. SEC, who will be next to join Alabama, Georgia and LSU?
2: I, it's a toss-up between Tennessee and Texas A&M, to me. And it's it's I'm just gonna go with the easy answer and say Tennessee because I think last year wasn't a fluke in this from the standpoint that I Josh Heupel's offense works. They may not average 46 points per game this year, but they're set at quarterback with Joe Milton, five-star freshman behind him, four-star freshman coming in behind him. So he's established the quarterback pipeline. They'll find skill position guys. One of the underrated things about next year is they have their top three running backs coming back. So as much as the air and the quarterback and the wide open receivers gets publicized, they've got a running game behind it. Uh, I mean, they're going to be they're going to be very good. I mean they they would have made a twelve teamer this year. Right. So they yeah. were in the four team discussion until the end. And they probably would have. Let's say if they would have won eleven and one, they might have got in.
1: Yeah, I, they got blown out by South Carolina. That
2: was that was a problem. Yeah, if they, had they gone eleven and one, and Ohio State was sitting there at the end, and it, that's we've already done that one. But they, they were close. So what it comes down to this year, they don't leave the state until they have one trip outside the state through the first six weeks. They go to the swamp. They play out Alabama. That won't be easy, obviously. And then they get Georgia in November. If I, I would contend, they could lose to Alabama, but that Georgia game is more important anyway. If they because they're not going to get to Atlanta without beating Georgia. So, um, whether it's this year or twelve team playoff program wide, out of all those SEC schools that are close um, that haven't been there, and it's you know you can't have LSU, Alabama, or Georgia. I think Tennessee's up next. I mean, their issue,
1: one issue, is they have Alabama and Georgia every year. Right. And Alabama and Georgia aren't going anywhere anytime soon. And those are two games you would figure they're going to be underdogs in every year. So, to start off with two losses, even if it's a 12-teamer, it's not easy. You know, that's that's something in the negative column for Tennessee. My guess, I got another curveball
2: coming at you. Oklahoma? Oklahoma? Texas. Oh no, they've already been Texas. So you're, so you're, yeah, Oklahoma's already Texas. Going Texas. So Texas made this list, almost <laughs> made it twice because I was thinking about the one year lease. Okay,
1: Texas. Uh, right, they got a shot this year with the Big Twelve, but I think they need to wait till they get uh, to the SEC to the twelve team expansion, and then I think they will grab a spot. You know, Sarkis is he's gathering talent especially a quarterback mr mr Arch Manning I uh, don't have you heard of him he's
2: yeah they've got a little bit of hype around him
1: <laughs> he uh he's at Texas and uh, he's actually not even gonna play this year but uh yeah um you know they're not going to be in the top four this year I don't think but um in the 12 team tournament we-, we could be talking four SEC teams right at some right. point. oh and, I mean
2: yeah so, the like champion you-
1: three at larges and you know I think Texas can get themselves into the top four of the sec fairly quickly that's not that big of an ask tennessee's obviously on the rise um you know so i think it's it's ut versus ut in this question i'm going burnt orange over volunteer orange
2: oh, they're both good answers and AM deserves to be mentioned because they've been close had it been a 12 teamer in 2020 they would have been in um and you know, like you said, on any given year in this new format, we'll probably have at minimum four SEC teams, three to four at minimum. So I, I'm going to stick with the balls though, and it, because I, I'm one year, I've got one more swing than you already, because I'm getting one this year. You know, if you're going to go Texas, you're already, they can't go out of the SEC this year. So yeah. um, no, it's, that. those are all good answers. This was a, I, we could add review no,
1: let's so yeah. let's go let's go yeah. back so your acc choice was north carolina north carolina write these down for fun like to see i am yeah mine was louisville all right your big 10 was we may wait eight.
2: we may we may wait a while on that acc answer by the way that may be like a <laughs> it might be a minute before either one of them get to the playoffs. okay big 10 Big 10, you took Penn State and I took USC.
1: We'll tie in 2025. Uh, the Big 12, your choice was K State, which is very logical. I'm going BYU out of the blue. That'd be a good one. That's a toss up. Uh, Pac 12, your choice was USC, right? This year. Mm-hmm. And then I took Utah and then SEC you've got the balls, I've got the Longhorns. Fun. So we fun didn't agree on any this. of them. That's good. We have that's five good. different, uh, five different yeah. answers for this. That's for why five, that was our a f- five conferences. So that's, that's, why that's why it was fun. Okay. Um, so before we go and before we revisit the trivia question, one topic I wanted to touch on that I know you do a lot of radio appearances across the you know, country and talking about what's going on and whatever. we reacted to it a couple uh, of pieces at sportingnews.com last week, Big Ten scheduling, the Flex Protect. Sounds like some sort of like roofing company that keeps right. your house dry or something. The Flex Protect. Um, what are people talking about when they're asking you questions on these radio shows about uh, the Big Ten's decision to, uh, you know, kind of go, a little off the board here and not have like, you know, a standard number of permanent opponents for each team.
2: Penn state, Penn state, not having a natural rival. Apparently the Penn state, Ohio state game, which has been played every year since 1993. Um, that's the one that, you know, Iowa getting three protected opponents use um, and UCLA's travel. UCLA will have to travel a ton in 2024 with their new schedule. But, you know, I was talking through this with you last week when it was released, and you brought up that, you know, they got to play USC Ohio State every year. The more I thought about it, I was like, Ohio State's not going to do that. (laughs) I mean, they should, but Ohio State's not going to do that. And on the schedule release show, to me it was very interesting that the first athletic director they had on that show, it was like the order was Tony Petiti, guest, he talks, who's the next guest? wasn't a coach, it was Gene Smith, who to me is, as far as football goes, probably the most influential voice in the room, High State's athletic director. So I, I still would have gone with a, I still think the most logical model for a 16-team conference is to protect three opponents and play the other six alternating years. That way you can play, well, once every four years, you're at every stadium. Still think it's the model that makes sense. And then you take a school like Ohio state, for example, um, you get Michigan Penn state and you give them somebody like Illinois who Illinois, Ohio state probably doesn't mean much to you, Bill, but they play for a turtle. It's weird. It's a historical rivalry. And the big 10's got a lot of those that people are like, well, what, who cares? Well, they play for the Floyd of Rosedale. What's the Floyd of Rosedale. It's a giant pig. These things are important up here. Um, So, and USC and UCLA, I think with the travel, you can all for these other schools, they alternate going out there and you try to avoid a nightmare for like a UCLA where they're traveling 2,500 miles.
1: Yeah, I just think it's a joke that Ohio State and USC are not playing every year. I just think you have to do that. You have to give these networks what they want. And it's $7 billion over seven years, and these three national networks are giving you. You need to give them back USC Ohio State every year. And um, I don't know if it'll play for the strength of schedule and the C F P and this and that, but it's they're the class of the Big Ten West Coast division of two, uh, taking on the class of the Big Ten of the last twenty years, ten years, Ohio State. You've got to play them every I, year. I just but, I just but not
2: not the class the last two years.
1: You can that's why two
2: you can get away with them alternating Michigan and Ohio state to me because yeah. you're right. You have a point, but Michigan USC is the more frequent Rose bowl matchup. It's probably the mo- more frequent Rose bowl matchup in the last 30 years, honestly, because I know they played a couple times in the two thousands and Ohio state's been the more successful program than Michigan the last 15 years, but y- you can sell Lincoln Riley, Jim Harbaugh for the next 10. You'll do okay on those ratings next year. So which they're I think not.
1: It, oh, so they'll alternate every year they'll play either Ohio State or or Michigan.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I think you can. You that's a decent workaround. Plus, you can tease. They're going to win a Big Ten championship game with USC and Ohio State. Some combination of USC, Ohio State, Penn State, and whoever—Wisconsin, Nebraska. And, uh, well, UCLA got the weird end of it. This is where they play Ohio State and USC, or at least the first couple of years. They're going to play Ohio State and Michigan in 24, and then they play neither in 25. They, they, they get neither school in 25. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, like you would want to sell USC, Ohio State every year. But to me, if they're going to – how's that fair to Ohio State at, at a certain point where it's like you have to play USC, you have to play Michigan, then Penn State's going to be sitting here like – Hey, dude, we've been here since 93. Why are you giving USC preferential treatment when I would argue, Bill, that in the last 10 years, Penn State's been a more notable program than USC. Last I mean, 10 years. Right, and I think Penn State should at least have one of the two as a permanent. That's that's a shocker to me, is that they didn't give them... Michigan or Ohio State. One of the, when I do those lists every year, the number two game on the list... Or number one is typically Penn State, Ohio State. So, like, whereas you're arguing USC, Ohio State, I would actually argue I'd rather see Penn State, Ohio State every year. What would you build that 30 year rivalry for now that they, it, it's, it's a weird situation for Penn State. It really Fair. is. And I don't, I think they've earned it. They've earned. Big Ten status. I, I, there's a generation of fans that have enjoyed those games. I enjoy when Penn State plays Michigan and Ohio State. There's some rivalry between Franklin and probably less so than with Day, but there's been some combative moments with Franklin and Harbaugh. Um, it's enjoyable. So taking that off the table was a definitely a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see how the SEC
1: shakes out uh, eventually. There it's, it is it is funny that the Big Ten finally settled. And they they came up with a new solution, really. I mean, the AC, right. the SEC is stuck on, you know, two models, and then the Big Ten out of the blue kind of came up with a third, which was uh
2: little overthinking, I think. But, but again, like they, they protected the rivalry games that, you know, like, well, there was one bizarre one. Well, you know who else was happy is Maryland and Rutgers because they don't have to get their butts kicked by – Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan every year, and they could right. probably build their program a little bit. I always joke, you know, one of the first things I look at on the Big Ten schedule bill is Maryland and Rutgers always look to see, because the Big Ten schedule makers are clearly sadists, that they sometimes those schools will get Michigan and Ohio State back-to-back, and I'm like, whatever that second game is, they're, they're going to get destroyed. The first game, they may do okay, but they just, you know, typically that second game, they get destroyed, so... Um, it's good for them in some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So, all right, let's return to Troche Trivia. What year was the the, the, the college football playoff field? All four teams
2: had been there at least once. 2020, right? It was Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame and Alabama. Um, And I was just, Notre Dame was kind of tripping me a little bit, but then I remembered their first playoff game went, very poorly against Clemson. So 2020 for all the things that I I don't want to remember about the COVID year. That's one thing I remember. The playoff was actually set up pretty well.
1: I know you are very, uh, very good with college football playoff history over the last 10 years. I did not think I was going to get you on that one, but uh, that was the best kind of I I could come up with. I was really looking at the history of the college football playoff. And I did notice this was something interesting because I heard today that the last five NBA finals have featured 10 different teams, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. The college football playoff has not had consecutive years with eight unique teams, if that makes sense. So four and then the next year, four different teams, a team has repeated an an appearance
2: every, every
1: year. At so, it's
2: like, team has gone two two years in a row every single year. You, you know what a fun exercise would be, and I may just go do it after we we get off here. Is um, if you called the CFP championship game something cool like the Super Bowl, which is taken, but if you're like it's the Mega Bowl or whatever, <laughs> and you compared the first nine years, as you could tell people, is I'm so good at college football playoff history. I, I had a typo yesterday where I thought it was the ninth year instead of the tenth year, but. If you matched up the first nine mega Bowls versus the first nine Super Bowls, I wonder what it would look like because those first nine Super Bowls, it was like Green Bay and then a lot of Dallas and a lot of Pittsburgh and Miami. But it's different in Miami. And, you know so its first nine years of this has been a lot of, you know how many has Alabama been in? They've lost three and they've won three. Mm-hmm. So they've essentially been in six Super Bowls in nine years. Um, so yeah, it's it's it needs some variation, like you said. The 12 team playoff may contribute to that, it may not. Um, the, these next couple of years after this year are going to be a lot of interesting, um, experimentation for, for I think the, even on the schedule, which we just talked about for you know, 15 minutes, that the first couple of years of the 12 team playoff are going to be very interesting to me on every level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be great. So
1: All right. I think that's all we've got for this week. Uh, Thanks again to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you next week.